Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's it going? I'm Alberto. I'm Ashley. And we want to welcome you to this week's episode on the AB Collective yes. Podcast. Hey, whether you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or you're watching on YouTube, once yeah. again, thank you for tuning in. So appreciative that you've chose to watch or to listen. Yes. So thankful for our viewers. And if yeah. you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, we'd ask that you subscribe or subscribe to our podcast. And we'd also ask that you like this video, like it on iTunes and Spotify, and leave us yeah. a comment or a rating. We love to hear from you, and it also just helps us get more visibility. It does. And if it's helped you or blessed you in any way, hey, Your share it. Your feedback really matters. Yeah, share it. You know, it's funny. I was in a coffee shop the other day, and uh, the barista stopped me and asked me if we had a podcast because one of her friends or family members had shared the podcast with her. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Absolutely. I think feedback is huge. It's not so much about us having any sort of gain from it. It's more right. about we want to hear from you so that we can keep moving forward and right. what we bring back out to you. That's so, right. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, this is actually part two of our continuation of a conversation on boundaries. It's crazy because I think we got a lot of feedback, oh people gosh. asking when the next episode yes. was going to come out, some people asking us questions. So we hope to kind of answer some of those questions today. Yeah. But the way that we wanted to frame this conversation, and trust me, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. Oh my gosh, everything has been boundaries. I, boundaries. I know. I know our kids absolutely hate the word. But uh, <laughs> one of the we, we wanted to frame this conversation around creating boundaries within the context of friendships yeah. and even um, the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so I know that for us personally, um, we've had to learn the hard way yeah. um, what it means to have healthy boundaries within family uh, dynamic and friendship circles. Um, I know you have as well. Yeah, so, I think this is one of those conversations where you kind of just have to Take a breath. Did whether you just take a breath? You're, yes. Whether yeah. you're on the um, Do you want to put your seatbelt on? You might need to. Um, and, and maybe put a seatbelt over your heart. Because I think that this is a conversation where we don't have it enough. And we're not teaching or setting up our children, our families, um, our friends, and, and the people that we care about the importance of this because we're so afraid of offending people right. and boundaries are going to bring some sort of offense at some point in your life. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm super passionate about this conversation because I feel like it's so helpful just for life in general. And that's what we talked about is you set boundaries. It is a mark of security because you know that you might offend someone or you might hurt someone. Yeah. And I know, um, Stephen trying to figure out how to start the conversation. I know that, uh, we've had to learn the hard way of what it means to set boundaries within the context of our friendship circles. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a myth out there or there is a false conviction that the friends that you start with are going to be the friends that you finish with. Yeah. And one of the things is that we always say, or I always say is if you can't grow with me, then you can't go with me. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes there are friends within our circle of influence yeah. that have not been able to make the jump with you in your success, in your promotion, in your growth, and in your development. And out of a sense of guilt and obligation, you want to hold on to them because you feel guilty. Or there's also that weight that might come against you that you think that you're better than that person because yeah. you no longer can be 
connected to that person, yeah, but like you're, abandoning, like you're them. abandoning them. They were with you from the beginning and it might sound selfish, but at the end of the day, you sometimes have to almost walk in a weird sense of selfishness because you have to make sure that you're healthy and you're okay. And I know we'll, we'll jump there, but I wanted to give us a biblical reference yeah. of just even how Jesus had to set boundaries yeah. within those who were closest to him. There's a story where Jesus um, goes into Nazareth. He had just come out of, of the wilderness and he goes into Nazareth, his hometown. And Jesus wanted to do these great miracles mm -hmm. there. And he wanted to perform signs and wonders and heal the people. And yeah. the Bible says that, a paraphrase, that he was limited and the amount of miracles that he can do. Mm -hmm. And that limitation came because some of the people said to him, wasn't well, this Jesus son of Mary? Jesus had just come out from the wilderness where he was baptized and the voice of God said, this is my son who I'm well pleased with. God just established his sonship and his authority as a son of God. And here the people at Nazareth can't recognize the deity in him. They can't recognize the anointing on him. So they refer to him as a son of Mary, yes. which means they're referring to him as being a bastard child, mm -hmm. meaning that he had no father. And so what they were doing was they were limiting the power of Jesus. They were limiting who God says he was. So essentially... Jesus was limited in what he could do because his circle was limiting him. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus pitched a tent and ended up staying there and living there. Right. When he saw that those people couldn't recognize the deity in him, couldn't recognize the God in him, couldn't recognize who he was and who he stood for, he didn't diss them. He didn't badmouth them. He didn't stay there. He went on to the next city yes. into a place that would receive him. He kept going. Yeah. And so to me, that was a strong boundary that he said. He said, I'm not going to stay here. And honestly, I can't take you people with me because you can't see the potential yeah. that is in me. Yeah. And you're only going to continue. I can't convince you. Listen, if you have to convince somebody that you're called or that you've changed, you're in the wrong space. You shouldn't have to convince people. People should already be able to see it in you. Right. And so he wasn't going to get into a place of, I'm going to convince you if you don't already believe. Right. And so I think that that's a strong boundary. And we've been yeah. in places as God has promoted us in life and in ministry. Yeah, I think it just as we've grown. A, right. a lot of times it's not even that you're being promoted in the physical. I think it's just your personal development right. and your growth as an individual. Right. You outgrow. I mean, it's true. You can't outgrow certain relationships. Yes. And I know that I used to feel guilty for having some sort of success or being in a particular place in life because people would make certain comments that yeah. although they say, I'm just kidding. In reality, there was some truth that could weigh in on that. Yeah, passive aggressiveness, I think, is. I do not huge. do well with passive aggressiveness, by not. the way. Um, passive I will aggressiveness cut you off. is huge when it comes to this setting of boundaries yeah. and people not being able to recognize who you are. Um, as he was just talking about the story with Jesus and, and the people not recognizing his deity. I think right. a lot of times um, when people don't understand fully, or they don't recognize the, the, the call or the anointing in your life or the gifts or the talents that God has bestowed upon you, um, there is this sense of there's lots of passive-aggressive comments that happen coming from those people. And normally it is some of the people that are close to you because they just the don't fully part. grasp it. That's the hard part because there's people yeah. that are close to you. It, it, mo more times than not, it's the people closest to you. I've kept certain relationships, the door of those relationships open out of guilt. Yes. Not out of conviction, but out of guilt because I don't want to look like I think that I'm better than this person yeah. or whatever. But in doing so and in that mentality, 
I think it's limited me in particular arenas and in yes. particular realms in my life yes. because I held on to a relationship or a friendship that was, and I don't mean to be rude, but was dead weight. Yes. And if iron is to sharpen iron, another man sharpen another man. Yeah. If our relationship isn't sharpening, then it's doling. And I think that oftentimes, with especially with what we do, I think with pastoring um, and with leading others, friendship and discipleship can yeah. get confused very easily. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is we think that, okay, this person not is not necessarily my friend. Like I'm not going to go to confide in them or ask them for counsel because they're obviously still navigating through their own growth. Um, I'm, I'm going to go to someone that's ahead of me actually for right, that type of advice. Right. But I'm, I see them as more of a discipleship type of relationship. What ends up happening a lot of times is we feel the obligation to the discipleship, even though God is alerting us, like you need to set a boundary in this because it's invading too much of your life. Right. And can I just tell you for someone like me, I identify as a people pleaser. Um, and that's something that I've had to really work on and mature and grow mm. in. Mm. And, um, yeah. what ends up happening is the guilt becomes a trap. And I don't think that we realize oftentimes that guilt can be a trap and an yeah. assignment, um, against our lives yeah. to keep us caged in and to keep us in a certain place. Because if we start operating in our relationships out of guilt rather than boundary setting and having healthy boundaries around us, we'll stay where we're at way longer than God intended us well, to you, stay in. You stay where you're at. And I also think that people, it's a lot easier to bring someone down to their level than it is to pull someone up. Absolutely. So what happens is, is when you keep these relationships um, or these friendships around you or whatever you want to call them, what happens is, is you end up going back and you regress to the level that they're at instead of progress to the level that God has called you to. Yeah. And so there's a lot of believers or people in general that are stuck in like a flight pattern. They're just in this particular flight pattern of going in circles yeah. and haven't come to the realization that your friendship circle is limiting you and you actually regress instead of progress along your journey because you've kept these people with you. And there's certain indicators, I think, that when certain friendships or relationships are toxic, it's that passive aggressive, those, oh, it must be nice comments, or I wish I had comments. Mm -hmm. If you have people, if, let me tell you something. Oh, you're if, doing that if, now. If, if, you're doing that now. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm doing that now. You should do it too. Oh, you're on keto? Yeah, you need keto too. And yeah, so, exactly. and so I, I think that, that we have to, I haven't lost my frame of, of thought, but I think that there's, there's certain indicators or certain red flags that should let you know um, if a relationship is healthy or not. One of the things that I that, that I think that, especially in ministry, I don't know what it is. And I, I even I even want to sometimes share from a, a Latino context, but I don't want to limit our conversation. But I sometimes feel that if your relationships and your friendships lack honor, listen, honor is a currency of heaven. Mm -hmm. If you aren't yes. around people that. that are honoring you, listen, you don't have to be above me to honor me. We can be on the same level and you can still honor me. You have to, relationships should be honoring and life-giving and speak truth but I think sometimes as leaders we really stink at honoring yes. and because and a lack of honor is a sign of high level of insecurity yes. and so some even this the more you grow in your call the more you grow in your anointing the more you grow in your business the deeper you get the the, the less friends I think you take with you because not everybody can handle the yes. fullness of who you are and who God has called you to yes. be and, yes. I, and that, that that gets lonely at the top stuff. I, I don't necessarily know if I believe in that. You can still have a healthy uh, um, a group 
of community, yes. but people that are going to champion you. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to cut the fat. Sometimes you just have to cut the fat. Sometimes you just have to be willing. A lot of it is our willingness. Be willing to wait on the right people to surround you and maybe have a season of a little bit of loneliness or less than when it comes to friendships and relationships yeah. in order to be able to gain then later on the relationships that are God intended where God has That's specifically good. set up people around you that are going to be uh, confidants, that are going to protect you, right. that are going to see things and be able to hold you accountable, but are also going to love you through the harder moments yeah. and will be equally as um, willing to champion you through the moments of celebration. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it too, we, we have to be secure enough to be willing to wait yeah. on the right people versus right. settling for a bunch of people that aren't going to bring anything right. to the table. You're absolutely right. And I think at some point we have to take a sense of inventory yeah, and really ask ourselves, are the people that are in my current circle of influence, are, am I benefiting them and are they benefiting from my friendship? Um, is it mutual? Is there a cross-pollination that is taking place? And do I really need to have these people or can they go with me to this next place that God is calling me to and still honor my call and my friendship. Yeah. And and that's because huge. what happens with us, I think, and this has just been from my personal experience. I'm not going to speak on behalf of Alberto on this, but from my personal experience, a lot of times we are being prompted by the Holy Spirit to be obedient in either setting a boundary in a relationship or even fully cutting a relationship off that is toxic and has been toxic and you're not going to be the fixer because that's not our job right. to be fixers. But God is calling us to be obedient and we allow obligation yeah. to take priority over obedience. And now technically you're in sin really the good. minute you start to do that. Yeah. And so obligation and obedience cannot work together. You're either going to choose to be obedient well, to the things of God that's good. or you're going to choose to walk in obligation to other people. Let me tell you something. There's no return on that. Well, no. There's only a return on obedience. Well, obedience and obligation, it just reminds me, obedience is an inner reflection of your commitment to God. Obligation mm -hmm. is the outer appearance of what it seems like and what the appearance is to other people. Yeah. And I'm on preach now, yeah. but, but Samuel did tell Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is about the heart yeah. the sacrifice is about the appearance sometimes we're more concerned with what people think about us versus yeah. what God thinks about us and I rather yes. walk in obedience and in obligations I rather walk in obedience instead of sacrifice and so yeah. sometimes the sacrifice is the obedience yeah, the sacrifice is the obedience and, and you, I just don't ever want to get to a place I, I wouldn't ever want to get to a place where I am not honoring God in any area of my life and so I think if you fear who he is in your life enough. Like I fear you. And the, and the authority that he has, a healthy fear. This is not a, we're walking around like robots, mm -hmm. you know? I think um, the healthy fear of God, the fear that says, I'm willing to do whatever God requires of me in yeah. order to see the fruition of what he has yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, then we're, we're a lot we're a lot freer to yeah. make these decisions. And I think we could sit here and watch this and listen to, and say, oh gosh, it must be so easy for them to do this. And it's not. It comes with heartache. It comes with tears. It comes with repentance. It comes with having some hard conversations yeah. that you may not even get response out of, but you have to have because God is 
leading you to that place. Right. And your job is just to remain obedient. He takes care of the rest. Right. And we can't take responsibility for how people respond to the boundary setting. We can only take responsibility for setting the actual Right. Boundary. And I think we it also this conversation even causes me to check myself and say, how have I been in my relationships? Have I honored relationships? Have I held have I any have I overstepped? Have I held any of my friends back? Have I been a stumbling block to people? So it you have to it, it's mutual. You also have to reflect in yourself. You can't say it's everybody else. You have to look in yourself yes. and take inventory as well. Yes. I was just thinking about this. I even wanted to just just share along the lines of uh, for any pastors that are out there and you want to be great in ministry and you want to be great in the kingdom and you want to be used and you want to get to speak and you want to be on top of the game, I'd also be careful that you don't misplace particular expectations on those in ministry who call on you to speak and expectation that they're actually going to be your friends. Mm. Because there's some relationships in ministry that the only reason that you're getting space is not because of your friendship, but it's because of your gift. So your gift will get you in the room, but that doesn't mean that it's going to sustain you in that room. And yeah. so sometimes you have to realize that people will use you for their benefit yes. and you got to be careful and that's in family and everything but but in, in this you got to be mm -hmm. careful that you don't mistake that relationship as an actual friendship yeah. because if you uh do then when they're no longer um using you or you're no longer needed in that space you're going to think that uh something was off and it really was your gift and your friendship were separated on that level. Yes, does that make sense? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. This, this happens within family relationships, leadership relationships, ministerial relationships, that the sense of you don't even realize it's happening, but you're being taken advantage for what you can offer. Yeah. And we were when we were preparing for this, I shared with him something that I had read um, by a therapist that I follow that um, basically said, the more you have to bring, the more you have to offer, the less people you're going to find you're going to be able to eat with at the table. And... I think in this season of our lives in particular, we've seen this probably more than ever, where the more we hunkered down and got focused, the more we had a sense of vision and direction and said, this is where we want to see our life go even 10 right. years from now, right. the less people we had, we saw we had to sit with. Right. And this is not like a, um, what do you guys say, a retweet at someone mm -hmm. or something? Um it, It's not that type of conversation. Oh, a subtweet. A subtweet. Subtweet. Guys, she just hit me. Right, a subtweet. It, it, it's not like a, it's not a passive aggressive comment. It's a reality that the more you get focused sometimes and the more you get aligned with the heart of God and the more you're leaning in and pressing into what he wants to, the direction he wants to take you in, the less you'll be able to kind of find people that are willing to go on that journey. Because that journey comes with a lot. It does come with a price. Yeah, it does. It does come with sacrifice. It is a well, some people have to pay journey. some. Some people have to pay a high price to be in your friendship circle. Yes, as well because of some of the things that you're called to, and 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 some of the things that you're associated yes. with as well. Yes, and I think the more you are influential, this is not just talking about Alberto and I personally, but the more you're influential, the more you have to offer, the more you're going after the dream or whatever the hustle. Right. Um, the more people are gonna want to demand from you, yeah. and you have to get to a space yeah. where you realize. I can't do high maintenance. Right. <laughs> I can't do high maintenance yeah. friendships and relationships. You know what? My children are already high maintenance. Yeah, I already waited an hour and a half for Ashley to get her hair made. Right. Then Ma I can't. Maintaining our marriage is high maintenance and high yes. priority. Maintaining a healthy home life is high maintenance. So you only have room and space in life yeah. to maintain certain high maintenance things. And the other things that come in that demand too much where it's, it's bringing you out of alignment, they may have to go or you may have to have a conversation and say, you know what? 
this is draining me. It's exhausting me. And I can't give you what you're looking for. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. And so it, it is hard. And so I know I know that you have to have boundaries in, in our friendship. And um, also, I've been recognized in a family context as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people that struggle because they don't have healthy boundaries as it pertains even maybe to their parents, to siblings, to whatever types of relationships. And not... Every family dynamic is uh, all Christian. Everybody was been saved since you know seventeen thirty seven. Even and, within that, and you we know even even within that as, as yeah. well. But um, I see a lot of people that struggle within the, the, the dynamic of their family because they haven't set healthy boundaries. Um, especially people who feel called when your family doesn't understand the call. Um, mm. And some people had unhealthy upbringings and every time they get around maybe a particular family member it always causes them to resort to um, old kinds of behavior and where your parents identify you as not being changed or not being different yeah. um, because you respond you're reacting the way that you did when you were a child and that's it's almost because you were treating me the way that yes. you treated me when I was a child and they usually walk away from those moments feeling defeated and like you haven't changed yeah. and it's not that you haven't changed it's just that you put yourself in an unhealthy environment and you let somebody cross a boundary that you didn't establish to bring you to a place of feeling hurt again and those are I think even harder than friendship yes. boundaries as well because we love our families we love you and not everybody's going to understand what God is calling yeah. you to yeah, this is this is not a you know this is not an excuse or a license for you to go back to your families and be like I'm gonna write you all off because nobody here is respecting my boundaries. It's more of a learning to have co intelligent conversation yeah. and have conversation that's spirit led. And I think when people see your heart, they're often way more receptive than you just lashing back out at them. And I think that we can put ourselves again. It, it falls back on us. We can put ourselves in the position where. If someone, a family member is violating a boundary that we're trying to set, we then feel cornered and so we react out of defensiveness when you allow yourself to be cornered. If I allow myself to get pushed to that place where I'm cornered and I'm popping off about something, that's my responsibility. Right. It's really not the family member that's coming at me. Right. It's me even giving that room and that space. And let me tell you, the more you set those boundaries and the more you're clear, even just in the way you live. Oftentimes, yeah. it's not so much how much you have to say to them. Right. It's how you're living your life. They start to kind of notice like, whoa, there's a shift here. You yeah. know, she's and no longer tolerating these things. So well, he's no longer tolerating these And things. it's a conversation that needs to have. It yeah. happens. Somebody, I think someone questioned us and said, what have you established boundaries, but they're not received well? Yeah. Or they're not received. Well, they're not received, and that's an indicator for you that maybe you have to create a stronger boundary and say, until you honor this, we can't have this relationship to the degree that I sense that we need to have it too. Yeah. Or um, if people aren't going to respect your boundaries, that doesn't mean that you say, okay, well, I tried and I'm on to the next and forget it. We're just going to continue to live as we were. No, no you're going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, well, if you're not going to respect my boundaries, and that means you don't respect me in this relationship, therefore yeah. we can't continue to move on. I love you and this is extremely hard, but I can't keep resorting back to unhealthy uh, behavior and right. unhealthy uh, spaces in my life when I'm called to go from glory to glory. I'm called to be progressively more like Christ. I'm called to move forward. And every time I come to your house or every time I come into the space, I feel like a slingshot and where I get pulled back mm. into a place that I don't want to go. But I, get, but I stay there. But I stay there. Yeah. And so we're constantly have these moments where we come and we go back and we go forward and we go back. And it's just indicative that there needs to be a better 
boundaries set in your life to protect you and to protect them. You don't realize this, that you setting a boundary could be the first thing that God needs in step with their lives to get them to start thinking about something that they've never thought of about and so sometimes when we don't put boundaries we continue to enable that person yes. and as we enable them we're no we're doing them no good you're at never all see you never know if the boundary that you're going to set is going to begin a work in that individual's life to see something eyes. that they've never seen before yeah, if it's going to lift the scales off their own eyes yes because Absolutely. a lot of the times they're operating in a realm in a way that they don't think is wrong yeah. and we continue to allow it and maybe we verbalize that it's not right but until action follows up our words there's never going to be change on in either parties yes i think i i keep thinking about this i think we need to talk about it one of the things that drives me up the wall when it comes to boundary setting within families and friends is um one of the comments alberto and i used to get a lot more in the past not as much now was you're always so busy when we would say no to things and it wasn't saying no necessarily because we had other things to do. It was saying no because we needed to create a boundary where maybe we were guarding our time and the free time that we did have with one another or our children. And um, a lot of times it goes back to the call too. People may not understand all the time. Family members and friends may not understand all the time. Um, whether it's within ministry or you're just, when you're a hustler, you yeah. know, we've had this conversation That's before. Alberto and I are hustlers. And so will, um, it, it requires us to say no to certain things. And, and even within the family dynamic. It, it is. And I think another boundary, and I know we're, this is going into extra innings, but I even think another boundary, even within the context of marriage, wives, stop talking to your moms about your husband. Oh. Husbands, stop yes. talking about your wives to your mother. Because you guys, you the spouses, you'll get over your drama, but your parents will not forgive as easily as you did. They will be marked did. forever. And stop using yes. that. Stop looking for fuel for your fire. So sometimes no, no. it's not them that's unhealthy. It's you're then unhealthy, that you're not creating a boundary. And for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife. You leave so you can cleave, not for you to go back and spill all your drama yes. out. And listen, don't be asking your parents to pay your bills. And then when you try to set a boundary in their lives over a particular thing, you're wondering why they don't respect or honor it. Or why they because they're they still taking care. Yeah, why they still have authority. So you really have to look at those things and assess those things in your life and in your marriage and in, you know. Yes, and it doesn't mean that you live a false reality of what, you know, maybe where your relationship is at or anything like yeah. that. It just means that your job with setting boundaries you're also protecting the people outside of it. Well, I've also seen people feel obligated if the parent does help them out for a particular reason, yeah. that the parent thinks that that money justifies them being all up in their business. So sometimes you have to say, hey, you guys are going to help us in this particular yeah. area for whatever that reason. That's your choice. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you have access to these things. So sometimes, yes. so I just wanted to be sensitive to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's huge though. I, I love that you brought up not oversharing. With I just your, love you. With, <laughs> I love you too. Not oversharing with your parents what goes on in, in the dynamic of your marriage. I think it's one thing if you're going through something and you're both in agreement, like, you know right. what, I think our mom and dad could speak into this because they've probably been here or you know they've been there right. and you've seen the wisdom that's come out right. of that. Right, that's different. But it's another thing if you're calling with the chisme 
um, or the gossip I mean, transition. Gossip, sap, look at the translation. Chisme. Chisme. Um, to your mom or whatever about how awful your husband's being or whatever it may be so that she sides with you and then she hates him and then now you're back together and you're all right. fine and your and your mom hates him for the next three years because of the one, you know, he left the socks on the floor. That's why my mother-in-law so loves me because she only She hears. loves him more than me. Um, and so you just have to be so careful, guys, because yeah. this affects more people than we realize yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. And Ash, I feel like once again we could have a lot of conversation. Part fifty-seven Part of boundaries 57. will be coming. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we're limited in time, yeah. and I also know we did a fifty-minute podcast. Everybody would tune out at like twenty-five. Right. And so, hey, but uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you, Ash. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. And uh, hey, once again, we want to thank you uh, for tuning into the AB Collective uh, today. Whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, mm -hmm. iTunes, thank you. Like, comment, subscribe. If you want to subscribe to our uh, biweekly email, you uh, you can do so by leaving us your email in the comment section or DM us on Instagram or send us an email. Yeah. Hey, but uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning in, yes. and uh, we look forward to seeing you in our next episode. God bless. Thank you.